But at the same time, another friend of mine was wheeled into the same hospital, and he was in pretty much a, a foil bag, a body bag, and uh, and he had been in a um, in a building fire, and uh, the room that he had been in exploded. Mm. And uh, long story short, he didn't make it. And I just remember being grieved that I hadn't taken the time to share the gospel with him. And where he was at with the Lord is between him and the Lord. I don't really know that. Um, but I, I just remember being so grieved that I hadn't taken the time yeah. to share the gospel with him. And I said to myself, I, I don't ever want that to happen again. I never ever want to see another person that I care about pass away without me having taken the time to tell that individual that God loves them enough to step down from heaven, from his throne of glory, and to, to stoop down and, and to die on a cross for them, right? Hey, so I finally got the opportunity to have Aaron Thiessen on my podcast. I've known him for many years, actually since I first became a Christian, and uh, he's often impressed me with his humility and his desire to see Christ exalted, and he definitely uh, gives that flavor in our conversation here as well. Many of you will know him through his mechanic shop, Axe, in, in Tilsonburg. He uh, ministers and serves in whatever capacity he can, whether it's servicing your vehicle and uh, give, looking for opportunities to help people and bless people in that way, or ministering to the youth at the Lighthouse Gospel Church in Port Burwell. He's always wanted to and has a, had a great desire to serve Christ and Christ's church. So I think you'll be blessed by his story of his coming to faith and of his desire to serve and minister. Thanks for tuning in and God bless you. As far as my life goes, I, we can talk about different aspects of my life if you'd like. You can mm -hmm. ask me questions if you'd like. Um, there was a time in my life when I got saved and somebody, actually more than one individual, came to me after the fact and said, you're the last person I would have ever imagined to become a Christian. Is that right? Right? See, I, I met you just after you got saved. Right. And I was a new Christian and I had no idea what was what. And to me, yep. you just seemed like... The ideal kind of Christian, right? Well, I mean, just excited <laughs> about the Lord, right? Yeah. Because he that is forgiven much loves much. And, and and I tell you, what God did for me was no small thing. Okay. Right? And, uh, and yeah, I was excited about that. And I, I still am. God's right. His goodness has not left in any way. There's been trials along the way, right? But um, You were early 20s when you got saved? I was, yeah, I'm, 1920, somewhere okay. there, yeah. So what what could have transpired to such a degree in your life already at 19 and 20 where people would have thought that they never would have thought he'd get saved? You know what? To be honest with you, I don't know. Oh, okay. I didn't consider myself to be such a... Okay. Such, Not that you were such, like such an horrible, outstanding, horrible individual. Gotcha. But mind you, I was very, very lost. There's yeah. no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah. I was I was very, very lost. I was, I was in darkness um, as much as anybody was, right? Like... Yeah. There's, there's no doubt about that. But if you would have asked me at the time, I probably wouldn't have um, said so. But I definitely would have thought that, yeah, I'm a decent guy, right? Hmm. Yeah. Um, not as bad as some, not as good as some, right? But yeah. probably land somewhere in the middle. For me, I would have seen myself as better than most, right? And therefore, I, I was, it was quite surprising to a lot of people that I got saved because I was very against anybody who right. got aviation and right. was carrying their Bible and <laughs> like John Bama him and I were good friends back then yeah and uh, when he got saved him and I just butted heads butted heads constantly until we just couldn't spend time together yeah I lost all of my good friends that way John Jansen from Beacon um, Willie right. Simons right. Abe Berg John right. Bama 
uh, they all just like uh, I can't be around the guy because everything was antagonistic I was against everything that they did right mm -hmm. and so when I finally came around to the gospel it was they were like what in the world I didn't think he would come right right yeah yeah I mean and, and isn't that everybody though like like really if you think about it it's God who works in you to will and to do his good pleasure right like if you really think about it you could say that about anybody yeah right yeah, so somebody said about me, they never thought I would come. Well, I don't blame them, Yeah. right? One thing that that did for me, though, um, it really lit a fire in my soul to share the gospel with lost people because I recognized that if God had now saved the chief of sinners, mm. then there was... The, the There's hope for anybody, it was, yeah. yeah, it was a piece of cake from here. <laughs> right? So, I yeah. mean, I was, I was probably in some ways too aggressive in sharing the gospel and yeah. driving people away in my zeal and in my passion. Right in my desire for them to 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 come to know the Lord, and uh, yeah, but but I I I would say that I was blessed by that. I was blessed by that comment, right? Like, it's like yeah, you know what? You're right. I was incredibly lost. Yeah, and and God came for me. But how many times? And I don't know how you felt after you got saved. But I tell you, there there are so many times in my life, and especially in the early years after I came to know the Lord, there are so many times in my life where I where I sat down and I said, Lord, why me? Like, what did I do that? What did I do that you would pursue me in such a fashion? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, what was it about me that, that God would pursue me as relentlessly as he did and he would not let me go? Right? Over and over and over again, coming after me. And, and, and I recognize now that, that he does that for his children. That's the nature of Christ coming to earth and, and dying on the cross. He does yep. that for, for, for the lost uh, to bring them into the fold, to bring them home, right? And uh, I see that now, but there are so many, so many times where I, I just sat in awe and wonder, like, Lord, why me? Interesting, right? I, I couldn't tell you that there were a lot of individuals that were pushing the gospel down my throat, but, but somehow the Holy Spirit was pursuing me, in, 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 in what I think to be an unusual way, and every time I messed it up. He just wouldn't let me go. He'd come back for more, right? And and I'd make a promise to God, you know, I'll, I'll do this, I'll do that. And, and and of course, I'd fail in my flesh. Um, we'd let him down and he'd come after me again. And it's just like... just Very interesting. Just wouldn't give so up. So you could turn that the other way. A lot of people do. They think, I was seeking God and I was pursuing God and I was trying and I would fail and I would pursue God more. It's When you see it correctly, I think it's actually God's working in you. He's trying to bring out something he's trying to get to your heart right yeah i mean absolutely and i think scripture would attest to that that it is god who works in you mm -hmm. the desire and the ability to carry out his um his will right no man to will comes unto to me except the father draw him that's right and uh i mean when you think about it if anybody actually i just had this conversation with somebody the other morning he asked me the question how do i know if the holy spirit is working in me um and he asked me that question right after he finished telling me about several desires that he had to know God more and to hear his mm -hmm. voice. And, and I said, well, you've just told me that the Holy Spirit is working in you because of the desires that you have to hear his voice, to know him better, to become more like him and better acquainted that, with is him. Is that of your own will? Exactly, <laughs> right? Like that in itself is, is evidence that the Holy Spirit is in you doing a, doing a work. Yeah. We should never take that for granted. We should never take that um, lightly and say, oh, well, I mean, if that's the case, then I'm just going to sit and, and relax and, 
and not engaged in that desire that God gives me, right? And and often we can make that mistake on the opposite side where where we say, oh, you know what? It's all God. I'm just going to sit in my easy yeah, chair here, and, uh, and 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 we we dispel the desires that He gives us by believing the lie that it's all been done. But 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 no, He actually calls us to do, yeah, um, to will and to do. That's right. His good pleasure, right? He's created works for us to walk in. He wants us to walk in those things, right? We're not saved by works, but we are created unto good works. Yep. So were you were you raised in Canada mostly? Mostly, yeah. Born in Mexico? Mm-hmm. Lots, of, lots of brothers and sisters? Yep. Eight sisters, three brothers. Eight sisters, three brothers. That I grew up with. Yeah. Um, there was another brother and sister that passed away okay. uh, as infants, but... Yeah. Were you somewhere in the middle or younger? Or? Third from the oldest. Third from the oldest. Yeah. And you've got a bunch of younger siblings. <clears throat> That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, working on farms and whatnot around here? Or what was the story? Yeah, I mean, we moved around a lot in my younger years, right? Um, I don't know. It, maybe it wasn't every year, but it sure seems to me like probably every year we lived in a different town. Um, and we worked on a different farm, and we went to a different school. Okay. That kind of a thing. So, and I think there was lots of families that experienced the. Did you do the, the back and forth thing, thing to Mexico? We did for for some years, um, but I mean, I guess probably by the time we weren't doing that anymore, or at least by the time I wasn't, I was probably fifteen, fifteen years old, sixteen years old. Um, and then the last time I was actually down there was when I was 18. So you haven't been, been back since. That's, no, no, I haven't been back since. That's okay. A few years ago. Um, but yeah. So you, did you grow up going to school here then? Yeah, here and there. Okay. School was not a priority, right? I and, see. And, and, and nor did I want it to be. <laughs> but you, you read know. well and can articulate well. Was that more later on that you kind of educated yourself? or? Uh, no, it was. I, I did go to school enough to learn those things, right? Okay. So when I was, I, w- I guess I would have been five years old when I started in grade one, not speaking a word of English. Okay. And just kind of being dumped into the school system and, okay, now you're going to learn. And, uh, and, I mean, you did because you had to. You, you were immersed in it. Um, and, and, and I don't know... I wouldn't say that I was the the brightest kid in the class, but for the most part, I found the concepts that they taught to be easy enough to understand and to pick up on. And so reading and writing came easily enough once I learned the language. Yeah. Um, and then and then from there, we just kind of we just kind of coasted by, right? Like I enjoyed working for the most part, not not always necessarily. And it would have much rather, any day would have much rather been out on the field than sitting in in the the classroom, classroom, right? And um, so I tried to do enough in the classroom just to get me that 51% so that I could (laughs) move on. And uh, and that was all I needed, right? Like I was was very happy with that. Interesting. If I could coast by with 51, sign me up, Mm -hmm. right? If if I could show up for 20% of the classes and, uh, and get a passing grade... That that was me, right? I got very <clears throat> barely passing grades, but it was mostly because I was trying to make trouble in class, right. being a goof and you know class clown or whatever. Right. Just... Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't really. I, I guess I just wasn't interested. Right? Yeah. I um I considered myself to be more of a hands-on learner. Okay. You put me on the field and give me a knife to cut asparagus, and I'll and I'll learn that, and I feel like I'm doing something valuable, yeah. something that's worth my time. Um, you put me behind a desk to teach me concepts of 
mathematics and reading and writing. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I, I could only do that it for so long. It reminds me when I told the kids who was coming, I said, Aaron Thiessen, I said, the mechanic. And they're like, oh, the mechanical preacher. <laughs> <laughs> now you're like this robot in their eyes, right? <laughs> But you're very hands-on is what I was thinking of right now. So Yeah, yeah. No, that's, and, and I considered myself to be that growing up, right? But, yeah. but you know, the interesting thing about that is I was, I was probably one of the worst students to some of the teachers growing up. Like, they, they I mean, I know that in some cases, I know they were happy to see me go. Mm. Um, I, don't, I don't know how much or how long you went to school, but, and I don't know what the laws are now, but the law at that time was that you had to go till you were 16. Yeah. After that, you could make your own choice and I just remember um, thinking it an accomplishment when I got a letter in the mail at 15 years of age saying if you want to drop out early you're welcome to do so <laughs> and they just didn't want you there well I mean I just there was no point right like I was off doing other things I was getting into trouble like okay. I was not engaging in the classroom uh, much rather wanted to work and and so so yeah Same. I just Good riddance. Uh, and, and for me, like at the time, I mean, I was lost at the time, but at the time I was, I, I was almost proud of that, yeah. right? Like this was an accomplishment for yeah. me, right? And, and that was, yeah, that was, that was my experience with school. But then the, you know, the, the strange thing is that after I came to know the Lord, um, I started to get excited about learning. Uh -huh. And, um, and I would take, believe it or not, I would take a dictionary or an encyclopedia to my workplace and I would get excited about the different words that I was learning. Eh? And I would go into scripture and, and, and scripture uses a lot of different words and I would discover the meanings of those and all of a sudden I've got people in my workplace making fun of me because I'm excited about the dictionary. Right? <laughs> and if that's possible, and, uh, and, and then wouldn't you know it, the Lord sends us back to school. Yeah, and at that I time I was married, sends us to, to Bible school for three years. And uh, Where'd you go? South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, so we spent three years at Bible school. So here I was, you know, proud of my accomplishment that, that I was allowed to leave school early. They would yeah. make an exception for me. And, and after I came to the Lord, I just, I couldn't get enough. Yeah. Right? I just, um, just hungry for the word of God, exactly. for the I truth. I remember that. Even, yeah, like yeah. even, I mean, yes, the Bible, yeah. but even secular stuff. I was like, how come I don't know more history? Why don't I know more yeah. about this? Like, yeah. I should have learned, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it was the same way. Yeah. And uh, I just remember it being like a, a complete transformation. And, then, and, and and I always thought it to be a bit ironic mm -hmm. that, you know, here I tried so hard to get out of school, only to spend the, the next however many years going back to school, yeah. right? And then, and then another... After we got back and uh, and I was getting into automotive, another three years at Fanshawe, school there. doing school there, right? And I mean that's only, I mean it was only one day a week, yeah. But but for three years and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, just interesting so, how the Lord works. Um, when you started, I guess what age were you when you started feeling like God was doing something, or were you conscious of God from a very young age already? I think we're all conscious of God. Okay. To a degree, the heavens declare His glory. The earth shows us His handiwork, right? Day after day, utter speech, and mm -hmm. night after night brings knowledge. There's, there's, there's no language. There's, there's, know. there's a consciousness of God. <clears throat> there's an awareness of I must have purpose, um, or a desire to at least know why am I here, right? Um, there was a consciousness of God. I mean, I mean, I grew up in. I would say. Um, a fairly traditional home. We didn't go to church every weekend, but oh, um, but 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 at the same time, we understood 
that Jesus Christ was the Son of God growing up. The Bible's um, his word. We understood that it was important that we prayed uh, before mealtimes and before bed. It was important that we um, that we followed the principles laid out in Scripture. Now, growing up, I can't say that I really much read Scripture, but but the the precepts were there, yeah. right? Like the ideas were there. Passed down traditionally, even. Right, exactly. And, um, and, and there was definitely an availability to the Scripture. Like in my home, it wouldn't have been that it was forbidden or anything like that growing up, right? We had Bible stories that, that we read at home and, and so forth. And uh, so there was there was an awareness, but... I think when I really, really began to to really have a consciousness or um, maybe a burden or a desire to know God was when I began to realize how far I actually was from um, where I thought I needed to be, right? Mm. I realized how sinful I actually had become or, or, or maybe was all the time and just, right. it had never, just never been. Was there anything to that dramatic or like legit, like where you were like, this is, I've got to do something, I've got to change. You said you started getting into trouble and all that, that kind of stuff leads to a guilty conscience. And... Sure it does, right? And I mean, it, it builds um, depending on what you get into. For me, it was... I mean, I did have influence of drugs, but I wasn't heavy into drugs or anything like that. But for me, it was smoking cigarettes and, and drinking alcohol, right? Okay. And that was kind of, that became my vice, right? I would say by the time I was 18 years old, I, I was an alcoholic, right? Is that right? And, uh, I, you know, my friends and I would joke about it and we would, we, we would kid with one another that we're, we're, you know, we're not an alcoholic. We only drink when we're with the friends or by ourselves, right? Kind of a mm -hmm. thing. And, and we thought that was comical. Yeah. But but really when I when I look back at it, I was by the You're time drinking all the time. By the time I was eighteen years of age, I was drinking all the time. I was an alcoholic. And if my friends would drink with me, great. But but even if they if they wouldn't, I was still gonna find a reason to go have a drink somewhere. Right? I see. And uh, so um, so I mean you recognize those things and you under, you understand, especially being taught those being taught growing up that that is not something that is pleasing to God, um, you recognize that, yeah, I've wandered, I've drifted, I'm, I'm distant from the Lord, mm -hmm. and, and, and then to kind of try to find your way, right? But, um, <clears throat> you know, one of, the, one of the big things in my personal life that was really, I guess, my big awakening was when I was about 18 years of age, I, I was in a car accident, um, driving down a Langton back road, and, uh, making a left-hand turn and being hit by uh, a pickup truck who was attempting to pass me as I was turning. Um, anyway, long story short, after the collision, I just, I was in and out of consciousness and, uh, and I just remember while I was unconscious that, that there was a darkness around me that I, I just, I felt absolutely lost. Like, like I was, as distant from God in that moment as you could possibly be. Mm. It was it was a darkness that you could turn the lights off in this room and it would be dark and you wouldn't be able to see anything. But it was it was heavier than that. It was thicker than that. It was a darkness that you could feel. Mm -hmm. Like it was you, you, it was a darkness that you felt like you could touch. Nice. It was so thick and heavy. And uh, and I just remember at that time, you know, when I would wake up or come to, I just remember being terrified of that first of all. And then just calling out to the Lord and, uh, and saying to the Lord if, 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 that if he would let me live, um, if he would let me survive that accident, that I would live my life for him from that point on. And that I would do everything I could to help my friends 
and those around me do the same. And I, I don't know why I extended that extra, you know, I'll live my life for you, but I'll also do these mm -hmm. th this thing for you. But but that was my prayer to the Lord, and that was kind of the beginning for me, where where God were really you, were really you already shook me. getting the gospel given to you, or was it just more you you just knew that there was a God, and I want I should be doing better. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, there was a God, and I and I wasn't living up to His expectations. I was living in sin, and and God obviously wasn't going to be happy with me. And then this experience of darkness, and I didn't yeah. know it then, but later on, as I studied the scriptures, and you learn about what the scripture says about this darkness, and and and, and I just remember going into the scriptures and and just relating and going, wait a minute, that's exactly what I experienced. Some of the things that the scripture says about the darkness. And the separation from God, I just kind of went, whoa, wait a minute. I, I had never read this before, but but yeah, that's it. That's what I felt. That's what I experienced. At least that's what I felt that I had experienced, right? And, uh, but, but anyway, so mm -hmm. that was, that was kind of the, you were the, quite severely the ground shaking. injured then. Um, I was and I wasn't. I mean, I was out cold and I um, probably had, I think I have some scars on my ear. Um, they told me at the time that I had a fractured pelvis. I mean, obviously, I was taken to the hospital in an ambulance. And uh, and I just remember thinking to the Lord that it was okay with me. I, I wasn't asking God to, to let me walk, and I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to walk again. And I wasn't asking for that. I was just asking for Him to spare my life, right? And uh, anyway, so they had done some x-rays and told me that I had a fractured pelvis. But then a week later, they did an another x-ray and said that my pelvis wasn't fractured after all. So hmm, whether... God was doing a work there of, of healing. I, I don't know, but um, but I mean it was it was a couple of weeks later if I remember the timeline correctly, and I'm I'm not exactly sure, but a couple of weeks later I was I, I was coming home from the hospital and going back to to life as we okay. know it, right? And I mean I was I was walking on a cane for a little while, you know. Here I was an 18 year old young guy walking around on a cane, and mm -hmm. people thought that was kind of comical to watch, and yeah. Um, but so was that the, the eye-opening event then? Things did kind of turn around from there? Um, that was, th I think that was my greatest point of realization of how lost I was. Okay. That wasn't the point of salvation because I didn't right. know yet how, how to be know? found. All I knew was that I was lost. Um, now, calling upon the Lord and making this commitment to Him, obviously, He accepted my request. He granted my request. And uh, and he granted me to live, right? And from that day forward, I always felt like I was living on borrowed time. Like mm. every day that I had after that day was a gift from God, kind of a thing. But um, but for all of that, I was I was sinful. Um, my heart was wicked, and um, I was barely out of the hospital. I wasn't even out of the hospital. I was in a wheelchair in the hospital. Having made this promise to God, I was in a wheelchair in the hospital wheeling myself outside regularly for cigarette breaks, mm -hmm. right? And, and and thinking, okay, well, I'm going to kick this habit. I'm going to overcome it. And uh, and I think the not the day that I got out of the hospital, but that first weekend that I was out of the hospital, I was out at the liquor store picking up some booze. and Just right back to it, eh? Right? And, and I mean, from there, it's just kind of, you get you, you fall into other things that, you also know are displeasing to God, just sinful lifestyle, and um, and it just kind of builds, right, mm -hmm. from there. And so um, I recognized, I had to recognize that I hadn't kept my end of the bargain with God. God had granted my request, and He had given me, spared my life. He had given me more time, 
and now I needed to live for him, but mm. I wasn't doing that. Yeah. Right? It it just it wasn't happening. And and, and it seemed like uh, it was something that I never forgot, even during that time, right? I was living in sin, and I remember uh, some of my friends at the time, I would come into work on a Monday morning, and I would just be grieved, and I'd be like, guys, why were we out partying again on the weekend, right? And on a Monday morning, I would just, in my distress, I would share with them that, you know, this is, I want to stop doing this. I don't want to yeah. do this way anymore. And, uh, and they would just laugh at me because this was a regular thing. Every Monday. By Friday, you'd be fine. Oh, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> Every Monday, I'd come in with, with the same, again, the same statements. Like, and why I was sharing these, some of these things, I don't know. But, but, but I would just come in and I would just be like, I don't want to live like this. Why, why are we doing these things, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's just not what I want. That's interesting because me, to me, it almost seems like one of the best things God can do for someone is get them to try to save themselves. Right, like now you're on this track where I'm gonna be good, I'm gonna be good, and then you'll see very quickly you will not be good. You will never be good enough. You will always fail, and God's not God's not in the business of quickly pulling you out and it's okay now you're mine. He's like no no you're not quite there yet. I, I'm coming for you, but you need to go a little lower first, right? You need to come to a place where you can really see that you have no chance making a promise and being good isn't gonna do it. Yeah, I mean. You think about that whole idea of repentance and faith when it comes to salvation, and and, and, and absolutely, um, God does. He takes the time to bring us to a point where we see our need for Him. Uh, otherwise, we take Him for granted. If we don't see the depth of our sin, we take Him for granted. We take for granted all that He's done for us, right? Yeah. But if He can allow us to see even just a glimpse of, of how lost we are without Him, um, there's no room left for ungratefulness or um, taking for granted what he's done for us. Like, I mean, it's just absolutely astounding yeah. that he would even that he would even come for us. Like, like there was nothing as far as in me, in my flesh, there was no redeemable quality, right? As far as yeah. I could tell, yeah. like Paul. Paul got to that state too, right? Oh, sinful man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Yeah. I had no chance. Yeah. There's nothing in me, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that he shows us that. I'm grateful that he allows yeah. us to see that. Yeah. And, uh, and never forget it, right? Yeah. Um, Through. Yeah. So 18 years old healing from your injuries but right back to drinking and smoking and who knows what all else were you with kathy already i actually only met her after um you know what i think i met her just before the accident but uh kathy and i actually only got together after okay. the um the accident so it would have been that year between um 18 and 19 when we would have started spending time together and hanging out and getting to know each other Mm -hmm. um, and, and we would have started dating at the time. Um, yeah. I see. Yeah, so Kathy was going to um, Summer's Corners EMMC at the time. Okay. And uh, I was getting to know her, and she was insistent that, hey, she should come to, to church with us on Sunday morning, right? And her and one of her friends would go. And, and I, I was quite reluctant, but um, being interested in this girl, I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe we go check it out. And, and, uh, and, and I mean... So began, or so continued the journey of uh, of my discovering the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. But um, but I mean, throughout that time, ups and downs, 
um, living a life of sinfulness, um, immorality, and so forth, and yet desiring to please the Lord, desiring to know Him. Um, it was kind of that. Going to a different church would have been forth. a pretty big deal too, eh? Growing up old colony. Uh, yes and no. I mean, I don't think I would have advertised it to anybody, really. I okay. mean, maybe I did, but um, thinking back, I don't think I would have advertised to anybody that, hey, I'm going to start going to a different church. I probably would have just um, got up on a Sunday morning and said, hey, I'm, I'm leaving. Um, or maybe not even that. Okay. Might have just got in my car and, and gone, right? Um, but uh, but anyway, so the initial st uh, stage of starting to go to a different church, I wouldn't say it was... Wasn't too controversial. Not really. Um, where it became more <clears throat> controversial or where it became more of a potential issue was when there was going to be a commitment to the church. Mm. Which, I mean, a year later or maybe a year and a half later, I, uh, I, I would have been baptized at what was then Houghton Center Church. Okay. And... Uh, in, I mean, at that time, the questions really started to come up. Well, you know, is this really where you want to be? And uh, shouldn't you be sticking with, with your roots and, you mm -hmm. know, what you were brought up under and, and so forth? And so that's when I, th I think maybe it started to become a little more controversial. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So let's get to the, the, the heart of the matter then. Christ, how did this finally end of the picture? Was it just through going to church, EMMC, and then a Houghton Center eventually? You know, Christ just entered the picture. I, like I, <laughs> I don't know how else to tell you that because he just showed up. It wasn't necessarily through the church. It wasn't like God was working on me outside of the church, inside of the church. He was, like I said, I don't know. I've often wondered what was it um, that God wouldn't let me go. And I've also often asked the question, who prayed for me in that way mm -hmm. that that God just so relentlessly pursued me? But, um, but. At the end of the day, uh, simply put, I think the moment of transformation, or maybe I shouldn't say that, the moment of a new beginning for me was one night as I was traveling home, and it was about, it was the middle of the night, so it might have been 12 o'clock or whatever, and I was coming home from hanging out. I think Kathy and I would have been together that evening, and uh, I was just on my way home, and I just remember um, being out in the Frogmore area and just pulling over on the side of the road, and... Uh, and I got out of my car, and I don't know what was all going on at the time, but I got out of my car that night, and uh, and I just sat down on the hood of my car, and, and, and it was just me and the Lord, in the middle of the night, out in the middle of nowhere kind of thing, and I just I looked up to to the Lord, I guess, and uh, looked up to the sky, and, and I just said to the Lord that I needed Him to know that I had failed. Because I had promised him that I would live my life for him. You're still thinking back to that. I had promised him that I would live my life for him. And I would help my friends and my family do the same. And I wasn't. Hmm. I wasn't. I had this constant guilty conscience that just wouldn't let me go. And I just decided, you know what? I don't, I don't know why. I mean, obviously, it must have been a work of God within me. I just decided, you know what? I need to own this. And uh, and I just need to, I need to fess up, right? Like... <laughs> And I just sat there um, alone with the Lord, and I just told the Lord, I said, you know what, I didn't get my, my promise, and you know that. I, I, I promised you that I would live my life for you and help my friends and family do that, and I haven't done that by any means. And, and I just remember saying to the Lord that if he wanted to, if he wanted to, he had every right um, to send me to hell because that's what I deserved. Mm -hmm. But 
if there was anything different he wanted from my life from that point forward that he would have to do it because I just didn't have it in me. Hmm. And uh, I wouldn't have never, I would have never told you that that was a point of salvation for me, but as um, it was, it was a new beginning. It was the beginning of a new day for me. Was the, the cross relevant at that point or was it still kind of obscure where you weren't even sure how that fit in? You just knew that somehow we come to God, right? Right. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, did I know that Jesus had died on the cross for our sins? Sure. Of course, right? We I knew that, that growing yeah. up, right? Um, but did I sit there on the hood of my car and just receive a vision of the cross and what Christ did for me? No. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I would have woke up the next morning not identifying. I would I would have never come to you the next day and said, I became a Christian. I, I became a Christian, right? Yeah. But I will tell you that that next day, there was a new life within me. There was something different because it was at that time that my life began to be transformed. Mm -hmm. And it was God working in me, uh, something new, something that wasn't there before, right? And so, you know, did I have an evangelist standing there sharing the gospel with me and telling me, hey, this is how you do it. This is how you get saved. No, I didn't. It, mm -hmm. was, it, it was me and the Lord. And, uh, and then after that, for the next year, it was... It was a matter of me pursuing God, but I would have never told you that I had assurance of salvation. Okay. If you would have asked me the next day or even the next several months, if you would have asked me, if you were to die today, were you, would you go to heaven or hell? I would, I would have You'd said, I'm sure still. I would have said, I don't know. I guess that's up to him because I don't know. Mm -hmm. Right? I know, I know what I deserve, but... I'm not sure. Uh, I'm kind of learning that God's right? pretty merciful, so yeah, maybe exactly. something's... Exactly, yeah. right? So... Interesting, but, but I would have to I would have to point back to that day, um, kind of as the game changer for me. Yeah, right. It was it was a new day for me for sure. Interesting. Uh, one of the things that really blesses me about the way God seems to operate is that He takes our minuscule, little, often misdirected faith. As long as it's kind of pointed in the right direction, He's like, "There, that's what I was hoping for." Faith and trust in me, right? You exactly. Look, you look at Abraham and yep. you read his story, and you're like, "This guy failed miserably at every turn." lying and not going where God wanted him to go and going into the wrong woman and all kinds of stuff. Yep. And the New Testament says he was strong in faith. He didn't stagger at the promises of God and he was, you know, faithful and God called him righteous. And so then you look at my life and I'm like, yeah, I, I can identify with that. God calls me righteous. I'm saved. But yep. when I first began to believe and even now, 20 years later, it's like there's so many little things where I'm not where I should be. But my faith is kind of turned in the right direction, and he's like, "That's what I want, right?" So, yeah, yeah, amen. Twenty years later, yeah, right? like, you know, I was thinking about that today. I have now known the Lord longer in this lifetime than I have been without Him. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. So that was at nineteen. So that would have been a, your car. That, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so by the time I was 18 years old, I was an alcoholic. Yeah. And by the time I, ju I was just turning 19, I, I actually quit drinking. So by the time I was old enough to start drinking was, was when the <laughs> Lord delivered me from it. So I actually don't think that I ever even went into a liquor store with a, a legitimate identification. Interesting. Right? Because by that time, God had already delivered me from, from that bondage, right? And, yeah. And, and, and so, so grateful that he had. But, um, but it's been a journey. Yeah. Right, uh, it's been an, it's been a journey. Yeah, I remember the first time I met you was at a prayer meeting at Houghton Center, 
and I had just gotten saved. My wife and my daughter came there with John Bam, and he took us. Yep. And uh, I think you told me about this accident then. And I've often tried to wonder, what was the relevance of that accident? Was it something you were in? Or was your brother-in-law also in an accident shortly after? Or what, like, oh, maybe, yeah. There, maybe that was yeah. the one you were telling me about. Could I be. forget now. But you were praying for him at the time, I believe, and hoping yeah. that he would come to faith. Yeah, you know, it could could, could be the time when, when my brother-in-law was, was in a, a very serious accident, uh, far worse than mine. And it uh, could be that that's what okay. we were talking okay, about. Yeah, because yeah, I'm pretty sure this would have been 2004, probably. 2003, something like that. Three or four. So. <laughs> well, um, man, you know what? That feels like just the other day. Like, I know. Like, wow. wow. <laughs> were you married in 2002, 2003, something like that? 2003. Okay. And, and I say that with a question mark because it I think it was. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were at O two, and I thought you were married when I met you. So, but I couldn't. I can't remember for sure. So. Yeah, yeah, no, we would have been married at that time. Yeah, um, I remember that. I remember that time. I remember that meeting, and uh, I don't know, just something about there was a I don't know a brotherly connection yep. there that, yep. that 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 you, you don't always have necessarily, but but it was for me anyway. It was just instant. It was just like, man, you know what I. I can really connect with this guy and, and in the same same thing like I mean you were excited about the Lord and I think you still are and, yeah and uh, that was just refreshing right yeah, exactly so. and there was a bunch of them back then right there's God seemed to have been waking a bunch of people up at the time Houghton Center was just you know booming mm -hmm. I'm sure there was plenty of complacent people there too but it was hard to stay complacent with all those people on fire and excited and and there was the Vienna Church, a lot of very, very zealous, mm -hmm. maybe sometimes legalistic people, but very zealous for the truth. And God just started kind of waking up all kinds of things. That was when the old colony, Redicop Church split happened, and that's right. we went with that. And that's right. You know, a lot of awakenings, if you want to call them yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Amen. So the question is, are we going to see another move like that here mm -hmm. in the coming days? I guess uh, I, there are always little spurts of it, right? Like if yeah. you go up to Milverton now, yeah. there's dozens of young men. 18 to 22 apparently just zealous like coming out of old colony really mm -hmm. excited about the gospel mm -hmm. i spent a week in alberta southern alberta mm -hmm. same thing you know hundreds of people came out to hear me preach i don't think it was oh i gotta go hear dan blatt's preach it was just i want i want yeah. to know truth right yeah. and it was really exciting to be a part of so mm -hmm. i god's not done working yet that's for sure yeah yeah i look forward to what he's going to be doing yeah. in the coming days i um i don't know I feel like there's something, something brewing, something new brewing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and I'm excited about that. I'm okay. excited to, to see what the Lord will do, right? And uh, and even just to have that, that constant refreshing and the time in the Word of God. You know, even even in my own life, like like you said, you, there's there's ups and downs. There's challenges along the way, and uh, and yeah, just to to draw near to the Lord, right? And like I was telling you about my friend that I was talking to the other day, just the desires that he was expressing. I want to hear him, to hear his voice, right? Um, and, and that's just it. Yeah. To hear his voice, to know him more. Um, was it was it Isaiah? I can't, can't think for sure now if it was, but, but he said, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and that you would come down. Yeah. That the mountains would bow down at your presence, right? And, and just to have that zeal uh, revived within us, oh, yeah, that we would hear the Lord in that way, just to have that longing. Like Paul, who said that, you know, there's one thing that I, I desire, and uh, I'm going to pursue that, right? 
and uh, and that's just it. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what the Lord is doing, um, even even now. Yeah. I mean, you've been proactively involved pretty much ever since, right? When you got saved, you well, were... not entirely. No, not entirely. I mean, we were involved in the Bible school for a couple of years, and uh, did you go to Bible school for a particular purpose or just to learn just, to know the Bible? Just better? to know Him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I wanted to be able to articulate and share the gospel with people in an understandable fashion. If I had to say there was one reason that I went, um, something that I wanted to achieve, that, that would have been it. I wanted mm -hmm. to be able to sit down with you and to just simply tell you the gospel in a way that you couldn't mistake what I had just said. Okay. Right? And I mean, really that's the work of God. You, you can't do that. I can't sit down with another human being and tell them the gospel in a way that they'll understand because... It only comes by revelation of, uh, of the Spirit of God, right? So as God opens my eyes, He grants me to see the gospel. It's not something that I understand with my mind. It's not something that I attain to through study and diligence, but it's something that, that I receive as a gift from God. But I wanted to be able to articulate that. I wanted to be able to share the gospel in an understandable fashion. Um, backtracking a little bit. Uh, after a couple of years of having known the Lord, and this would have been when my brother-in-law had his accident, uh, my wife and I were in the hospital uh, with my brother-in-law. We were visiting uh, him there, and still kind of the outcome was undetermined. We didn't know whether he was going to make it or not. But at the same time, another friend of mine was wheeled into the same hospital, and he was in pretty much a, a foil bag, a body bag, and uh, and he had been in a, um, in a building fire, and uh, the room that he had been in exploded. Mm. And uh, long story short, he didn't make it. And I just remember being grieved that I hadn't taken the time to share the gospel with him. And where he was at with the Lord is between him and the Lord. I don't really know that. Um, but I, I just remember being so grieved that I hadn't taken the time yeah. to share the gospel with him. And I said to myself, I, I don't ever want that to happen again. I never ever want to see another person that I care about pass away without me having taken the time to tell that individual that God loves them enough to step down from heaven, from his throne of glory, and to, to stoop down and, and to die on a cross for them, right? Yeah. Um, and so, so with that kind of zeal, with that kind of a determination, going to Bible school, yeah, that was definitely a big, okay. a big reason for it. <clears throat> and you found it was helpful in that regard? Um, I mean, yeah, I think so. I, th I think definitely you spend five days a week uh, studying the scriptures for for three years, I I certainly hope you learn yeah. a little bit about the gospel and, and 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 what it all has to to tell us about Christ and, and and a little bit of opportunity to share that with other people, right? Yeah. But one of the things I did learn is that you never really do it perfectly. There is no formula where you can just kind of say, you know, I'm just going to hit repeat and I'm going to yeah. give you the same ten speech. steps. Here you go. Yeah. It's, it it just never worked for me that way, right? Um, I found that any time I've ever shared the truth with anybody, um, I have been utterly dependent on the Lord to give that revelation. Yeah. Right? And There's one, one aspect of things is, like you said, God opens the hearts of people, and you can't you could give them the gospel as well as possible, and they might not understand it or grasp it, right? They yeah. just, it just goes in one ear and out the other. Yeah. But at the same time, even the Apostle Paul, throughout the book of Acts, you see him. He's in the marketplaces exhorting and convincing people, trying to persuade him. You know, um, King Agrippa almost has thou persuaded me, persuaded me to become a Christian. That's right. I would that thou were not only almost, but altogether. That's right. You know? yep. That was Paul.
Paul was purposely trying to convince people of the truth of the gospel because it is facts that we're dealing with. That's right. We can't necessarily prove them and say, look, this is God, the invisible God is clear. But there's a set of beliefs and facts and things that have actually happened that we're trying to persuade people of. So yeah. it's not just this mystical thing, well, once God opens your heart, then you'll believe it. It's like, no, no, here's the truth. You right. need to see it. That's right. That's right. And it's it's a revelation of the truth, right? And, and it's kind of like um, somebody trying to teach you mathematics and saying that 2 plus 2 equals 4, and you're just kind of completely in the dark, and, and you don't get it. But then all of a sudden the lights come on, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like, Oh, and how could I not have seen that? Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly, and that's exactly what it is, right? You're teaching um, truths that are practical and real, but it's the the individual has to grasp and receive that, and and essentially they have to have their eyes open to the you know in that moment where it's just kind of like, oh, well, why didn't you just say exactly. so? Exactly, right? Like, why didn't somebody tell me sooner? Yeah, right. But but and, and and you have that where you see those those moments and those times, right? And sometimes you feel like. Man, I've shared the gospel with somebody just, I don't know, like as clear as you could. could. Exactly, as clear as clear as day, right? And why, why, why don't they get it? And then you have other times where you, you have a conversation with an individual and, and you walk away just feeling like, man, why could I not say anything, right? Right? Like, I wanted to tell them this, but it just wouldn't come out the way that I wanted it to. And, 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 and yet, the lights went on. Yep. And the individual's just like, why didn't you tell me that sooner, right? And, and you just feel like... And I, and I think God... It seems to me anyway that God enjoys those moments when we absolutely can't take any credit for ourselves of what He's doing, yeah, right? Yeah, And uh, It's when you're weak that He is strong. Amen. And I mean, the Bible does talk about, especially in the, the Jews in particular, that they have a veil <clears throat> before their eyes and they cannot see, right? That it's like when God lifts the veil, then... And that seems to have been the case with many of us, even non-Jewish people, especially very religious people, where I heard the gospel plenty of times before yep. I got saved. But when I finally saw it and the veil was lifted and I could see it plain as day, I was like, why didn't anybody say this before? And then I think back and, oh, but they did say it. I just couldn't see it. But exactly. every, every time it was there, I just missed it, right? Yeah, exactly. So you went to Bible school and came back, and then you started getting a little more involved with ministerial type work. So I went to Bible school, came back, um, and when I came back, I was I was all gung ho. We're gonna we're gonna serve the Lord, and that's all I care to do, right? Like let's just let's just talk about Jesus, and uh, everything else will take care of itself. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Yes. Everything else will will be added to you, right? And and that's kind of kind of the the, the mentality that I you know, that I had, maybe, maybe to some degree still have. Um, but that was my mindset. But then, you know, you, you, you come home and it's just kind of like, okay, well, we're, we're going to have to get a job. Still going to provide a living right? somehow. You still got to provide a living. So, okay, well, we'll, we'll just, Lord, what doors are you opening and how, where do you want me to serve you, right? And, uh, and, and so then you kind of develop or grow into this mission field, if, if you will, um, the place where God wants you to serve, right? And and I mean, opportunities arose in different places, um, be it on a farm or be it in a in a factory, in a weld shop, or each one of them felt places. like a little mission field on its own sometimes, eh? Well, and they are, right? Yeah. Like, and, and, and and whether it was a mission field where you're sharing the gospel with people that haven't heard it before, or maybe it was a place where you were working together with Christians and you were just um, daily building one another up in the faith, or Seeking to exhort and, and, and encourage one another. Yeah. 
every every opportunity is is an opportunity to give glory to God, right? But uh, but anyway, so you fall into those, you know, these are the routines of life and and so forth, and uh, and we continue to to press on to to serve Him and to make Him known. And, and, and Kathy and I, I don't know if it was right after we got back, but it wasn't long after we got back from South Carolina, got involved in youth ministry, and that's kind of where our heart has been ever since. Um, but even there, there was a period of probably five years where due to health issues and other things amongst that, uh, taking care of our daughter with seizures and What is so her forth. actual condition? So she was born with um, tuberous sclerosis. Okay. And, um, and that means a lot of things, right? Like how much time you got. We could talk probably for an hour or two just about that. And, uh, and, and what that all means, right? But long story short, she has seizures that are unpredictable and uncontrollable. She's on medications at different times and uh, different levels, but the medications are also, their effectiveness is unpredictable. And, and in many ways, um, she's been uh, drug-resistant. Medication hasn't helped her for her seizures. Her seizures are just sporadic. And so, so taking care of her is kind of been big she, do, she doesn't right? uh, she's not at her age level as far as intellectual right. capacity and all that does she communicate well to you um no she will so she's 13 now she's never spoken a word wow. um when she's sitting at the table if she's thirsty she will take her cup and kind of reach out and hand it to me indicating that i'd like a drink now but that's about the extent of her communication wow. um Having said that, she's very affectionate. Yeah, she she loves to come and sit and uh, and cuddle and and I mean she's she's autistic. Um, she has so many different characteristics about her. She won't sit necessarily for long, but she will sit and and, and she she is affectionate in that way. She she definitely knows uh, the people around her, the people that care about her, mm -hmm. um, the people that she cares about. She has often. A higher level of understanding than we give her credit for. I'm sure. Right? And um, you know, because she's never spoken, we're always guessing. What is she feeling? What is she thinking? Um, what is she going through? Yeah. And and all those imagine things. That she must feel trapped often, right? If I mean, who knows how what how her I'm, thinking capacity is, right? Well, that's just that's just it, right? I, I mean, I mean, I would imagine so. Um, I can only imagine how frustrating it must be to to want to share something with somebody um, a need or a want or or maybe a joy or or, yeah. or just something and, and and not to be able to to be completely isolated in your in your own mind mm -hmm. um yeah i don't i don't know what that's i don't like. want to dig into areas i don't need to be in but I, I mean you got saved and you even before you got saved is like i want to help people to see the truth and i want to you know serve people and all that and youth ministry whatever else yeah but having this child kind of cripples that in a lot of ways. Like it's kept you guys at home, it's often yeah. made one of you stay home while the other goes out and all sure. that kind of stuff. And yeah. how do you how do you handle that pressure or that has it gotten to you? Have you ever felt like what's going on? Why Lord? Sure. Yeah. All, I mean all of those things, right? Um Yeah, you know, there's days where you sit and you ask the Lord like why 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 would you put these kinds of limitations in our life? when all we want to do is serve you. But but I think what we have to recognize is that um, they're not limitations. Mm. They're directions, right? It was never about how much we could do for him. It was about 
how close we would walk to him. It was never about, you know, how many souls can I win for Christ mm -hmm. or how many people can I reach? It was about my relationship with himself and, and about him receiving glory through my life, right? Um, you know, God, God uses those things in our lives to, to show us more of himself, sometimes to break us down a little bit, yeah. right? You, you get to the place, and I don't know if you've ever been there, but you get to the place sometimes where you become a little bit proud of how humble you are, right? <laughs> and, and, and then God shows you that, no, wait a minute, that's not, that's not how it works, yeah. right? Yeah. And, uh, and he shows you who, who you really are, or he brings suffering in, and, and, and just to maybe refine, mm -hmm. um, maybe to remind us of how dependent we are on him. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't know what God all, what all God is doing through um, that particular circumstance in, in our life, but I do know that He has it under control. He has us exactly where He wants us, and at the end of the day, He will receive glory. There you go. Right. No matter how many times I mess it up, right? There's there's been times where where I have absolutely failed due to lack of faith. Um, maybe lack of commitment. There's been times where I've absolutely let uh, the Lord down or let my family down or the people around me down, yeah. right? And, and and one thing that he has definitely taught me over the last 13 years is that I am utterly and always dependent on the grace of God to make up for my lack. There is never a point, there has never been a point in my life, be it in the 18 to 20 years that I lived without Christ or the 20 years that I lived with him after, there has never been a point where I deserved credit yeah. for anything good that was accomplished because it was all him. And in every single part of my life, be it my family, be it my marriage, be it my ministry, be it my friendships, be it my, my workplace, in every single one of those, I am utterly dependent on the grace of God because I lack. And he has taught me that over and over and over again and especially in the, so. <laughs> especially in the last 13 years yeah. that I don't have it all figured out. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I, I think I have the answers, but the only answer that I can be the only thing that I can be sure of is that he will never leave me nor forsake me. Mm -hmm. And that I will always absolutely need him. Without okay. him, isn't I, that something? Like you you were saying before <clears throat> that um, God pursued you when you were unsaved. And then, and I don't know if you meant to word it this way, but after you got saved, you said, I began to seek him, which I think is true. I yeah. de definitely think that we can seek God as Christians for sure. Yeah. But when you really look at some of that, the last 20 years, it's like God never stops still pursuing this. Right. Right? I'm going to bring this in or I'm going to allow this in. These things will happen. Yeah. All kinds of bad things might happen, even just genetic issues, right? Where yeah. you, there's nothing you could have done or maybe maybe it wasn't even like it's preordained by God, but once it's in your life, God's gonna like, I'm gonna use this. It's mm -hmm. going to be for your good and it's gonna bring me more glory. And like you said, it's not, you know, to promote you to a higher level of preaching status or a better ability to share the gospel. Yeah. But just simply to bring you to where you need to be and for there to be a closer link between you and him, right? Mm -hmm. He's gracious that way for sure. Yeah, and I mean, not every experience is a is a mountaintop experience, no. right? Like, like I mean, we go through some deep valleys, and we recognize again that God allows us to go through those to um, to remind us of who we are and and, and to call us closer to Himself. Um, always, right? Always back to Him. Always, always back to Him, and that's where we need to be. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, you know what? 
Um, my life has had some unexpected turns, but I praise God for every part of it um, because He is so incredibly gracious and so incredibly kind and so incredibly good. Mm. And, and I get to experience those things about Him. Yeah. Right? Like, I've often, I've, I, maybe I shouldn't say often, but at times I've, I've told people that I, I think I must be God's favorite child. <laughs> the one whom and, Jesus loved, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's exactly it. Because, because of the way He loves me. You know, even now as a Christian, having known Him for 20 years, when I let Him down, when I feel like I've failed Him, He comes to me and He lifts me up. And, and he says, you're still my child. Mm. I'm not going to let you go, right? And and he doesn't. Like the years that he pursued me before I surrendered my life to him, you're right, and you kind of started on, on that a little bit. He has continued to pursue me ever since, and he's never never turned away from me, turned his back on me. And and there there was. There was times, even years, where I felt like I was an absolute failure as a Christian. Like yeah. I mean, just absolutely lacked faith, absolutely couldn't do anything right, and uh, didn't know how to pray at times, and um, felt like God was calling me to do something, but didn't know how to carry that out, and, and yet He wouldn't let me go, right? He wouldn't give up on me. He continues to come back and to say, no, you're my child. I love you, and, and I'm here for you, right? And, and, and I've experienced that throughout my Christian life over and over and over again, and, and I've come to the conclusion that Every single one of God's children, if they have known the love of God, should be able to relate to that and to say, yeah, me too. I feel like I must be his favorite. Yeah, because he would of, have given up on me. Well, and because of the way he loves me and the amount of attention he pays to me. Like, he's always there. He, he numbers the hairs on my head. Like, I mean, he just absolutely focuses on me all the time. Like... The other children must all be being neglected because he's just always here with me, right? And, uh, and, and I think as God's children, that's, I think we should all to a degree feel that. Yeah. Um, the unwavering love of Christ, right? Like, and it's so wise of him to have uh, allowed us to continue in a world that's kind of fallen and in, in dealing with circumstances and issues that are difficult and hard because that's the only way we can get to the place where we now are, right? There's a, a, an author I just recently read a book from. It's called It's Good to Be a Man. His name is Michael Foster. He wrote it with someone else. But in, in one of his podcasts I listened to, he said something along the lines of he had had a dream. He had it on two occasions where he was 19 again. He was now, I think, 41 at the time. Okay. He was 19 again, but he had the wisdom of the 41-year-old. 40, and now he could relive his life as a 19-year-old with right. all the right principles, all the right ideas, and all you know, wisdom as far as finances goes, as far as marriage goes. He could do it right the first time, right? <clears throat> and he would wake up from those dreams just like terrified almost and so thankful that that was not the case. Interesting. You know, he said, if I had known what I know now, I probably wouldn't have gotten married when I did. Right. Maybe we would have waited longer to have children, and the ones that I now have would have been different sperm meeting with different egg, right? Like you don't right. know the, the outcome right. of your situation. And so God has taken us down this path, this route to get us to where we are right now. And had we been somewhere else, could God have done something extraordinary there too? Of course. But I wouldn't be where I am right now and just knowing the love of God as I yeah. do at this moment, right? Yeah. Well, amen. And that is the significance of where we are right now is knowing the love of God, right? And I mean... Throughout all of eternity, that fellowship with the Father, knowing Him, growing 
in our, our, our growing, um, just engaging in our relationship with Him, being in His presence, right? Like I've, I've come to the conclusion um, over the last couple of years probably that I don't know that anything excites me more than to think about the time when this corruptible man will put on incorruption, mm -hmm. when this mortal man will put on immortality, and, and I will be ever with the Lord, right? And I recognize now in my human flesh that I have feelings, I have weaknesses, and he has caused me to see those and to recognize those and to identify those. And I, I rejoice at the thought that there is coming a day when who I am will no longer be corruptible, mm -hmm. will no longer be able to be touched by sin to any degree, um, from within, from without. This corruptible man will put on incorruption, right? And, and I think about that, and I think, you know, I am today still a corruptible man. That's right. <clears throat> but there is coming a day when I will no longer be a corruptible man. And, and that has just become one of the most exciting thoughts to me that I could ever think is yep. that day is coming. And everyone who has this hope within them purifies themselves, right? Like Even as he himself. Oh, I just want to be that way. Yeah. If I, I don't know what I shall be, but when he yeah. shall appear, I'm going to be like him. Well, that's and right. see him as he is. Well, and, okay, and so, so there's a thought. This corruptible man will put on incorruption. But the scripture also tells us that eye has not seen, and ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the thoughts of man, the things that God has prepared for us, for those that love him, right? For his children. Mm -hmm. We haven't even... So I, I'm excited about this thought that I'm going to be incorruptible. But the scripture tells me that I haven't even considered yet the beginning of the things that he has prepared for that, for that time, right? And, and it just, I'm constantly reminded there, that this is not my home. There is, there's a greater place to come, right? Mm -hmm. there's, but even just the fact that you can see that you are on one level, you are the incorruptible man already, right? Not yet, but you are. So by faith, we have this realization, like that verse that you quoted, I has not seen nor ear heard. He says, but God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. Mm -hmm. So there's certain things that we already recognize about not only our future self, but who God says we now currently already are. Mm -hmm. Like some of the things that the Bible has to say about us are pretty extraordinary. You know, you're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. That's right. Your life is hid with Christ in God. That's right. You are dead from dead to sin and alive unto God. You know, you are raised from the dead. Now walk as those. So there's, the Spirit of God has revealed a lot of things to us that eye has not seen nor ear heard, never entered into the heart of man, but God's revealing them to us now. And yet, I'm sure, all through eternity, we'll be seeing more and more and more about what good things He has planned for us, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I mean, amen on, on all sides, right? The things that God has done for us, we have the, the down payment of our inheritance, mm -hmm. which is the Holy Spirit. And it is by the power of the Holy Spirit that, that I am what I am today. It's by the grace of God that, that I'm not off somewhere as, as an alcoholic or a drunk. Um, it's by the grace of God that, that, that I'm blessed to have the family that I have yeah. and to be in the place where I am. And I recognize those things. And, and as, a, as a child of God, that's, who, that's where He calls me to be. He calls me to follow Him. He calls me to holiness. Um, and all of those things and more, um, He calls us to, right? 
And, and we do. We see that. We see those things that God has done for us. And we engage and we receive many of those things even now by faith. By faith in Christ, we have boldness to come before his throne mm -hmm. and uh, to make our requests known before him, right? To present ourselves to him in prayer. And, and that's all now, right? That's all happening now. It's, it's not as though we're in a place where we're hoping that maybe one day he'll accept us. No, he has accepted exactly. us. We are accepted in the beloved in Christ. When he looks on me, he sees Jesus Christ. And when I stand before him on that day and he looks on me, he won't see the corruptible man that I am, but he'll see the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. And I have confidence in that. Mm -hmm. I have confidence in That's the only what confidence Christ is, I have. That's right, exactly. <laughs> you, you and me both, right? Um, in what Christ has done for us. Like that confidence is, is not like a, a wishful thinking. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a boldness. There's a confidence. I know. Yeah. I know because I, I, I've seen him to a degree, right? I've known him again to a degree. I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. I've known his love yeah. and his mercies that are new every morning. And, uh, and yeah, we receive all of those things. Now, this corruptible man is corruptible. But by the grace of God, I can build a life even here in a fallen world with a fallen, sinful, fleshy nature that is a life in fellowship with God, a life lived in fellowship with God by the grace of God. Do I put fences up in my life to prevent myself from falling into snares and traps? Sure, I do all the time. We have an enemy around us who is prowling around like a roaring yeah. lion seeking to devour. Um, and am, am I just going to walk into that uh, battlefield or into that uh, lion's den without any thought or care in the world? No, absolutely not, right? Like, I'm going to dive into the scriptures, into the word of God. I'm going to draw near to the Lord by the grace of God and his working in me and uh, and pursue him yeah. uh, even now. Looking forward to a day when a greater glory will be revealed, when a greater liberty will be given. Looking forward to a day when we will absolutely be set free. Yeah. Um, from the limitations that we now have. Reminds me of Romans 8, where Paul talks about how the light afflictions that we suffer, you know, I think of your light affliction, and I don't say that lightly. I know that your affliction that you've had with Rachel is not light, but compared to the glory that we will that will be revealed in us, we can see it's just a very minor blip, not a really that big a deal, not even worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us, right? Yeah. Or do you not see it as an affliction? You know, if you were to ask me about suffering, a part of me would say to you, I don't know what it's like to suffer. Hmm. Because I have lived such a tremendously blessed and sheltered life yeah. thus far. Right? What tomorrow holds, I know not. But thus far, um, when I think about some of the things that people have gone through, um, even just in suffering with illness and so forth, some of the things that people have gone through at the hands of men when it comes to persecution mm -hmm. and martyrdom and, and, and those kinds of things, you know, part of me would say to you, I know not what it means to suffer because any affliction that I have gone through is a very, light, light. A very light affliction. Does Rachel suffering... I think if anybody in her family She's knows suffering, than anybody, right? um, she would probably relate. Does does her suffering affect my life? Absolutely. It changes my life. Every part of it. Um, 
my family, as a family, we don't know what it's like to to go and visit with our friends without having any thought of how how are we going to care for our daughter, right? Mm-hmm. It it literally transforms everything you do about every single part of your life. Yeah. Um, we go to church on Sunday mornings and we do a rotation. I do the adult Sunday school and my wife does the uh, the the sermon and I will catch the sermon usually online or sometimes we'll do vice versa and sometimes we'll we'll sit in it together. But so much of our life has been of our married life over the last thirteen years has been a rotation where Kathy and I have taken turns yeah. doing things so that we can take turns being with our daughter. Is that does that radically affect our lives? Sure it does. Um, I, I can't even imagine what our lives would look like if um, if she didn't have those those limitations and those sufferings, right? But when you think about affliction, you know, this is something that I have been thinking about. When you think about affliction and suffering, and Paul saying that, he, you know, about the momentary affliction that he went through, I think about a man that suffered. I think about Job. And, and, and the incredible amount of suffering that he would have gone through to lose everything that he had just like that. I mean, we're not just talking about material wealth here. We're talking everything. But of all of right, that as well. Right you know? down, well, yeah. But I mean, right down to your children. Like that. His health, everything. Gone, right? But I think about Job and the suffering that he went through. And then I think about the testimony that God gave of Job. When Satan presented himself before God, and God said to him, Have you considered my servant Job? There's not a man like him in all, a perfect in all of his doings. There's not a man like him in all the earth, mm-hmm. perfect in everything that he does. Like, can you think of a higher honor given to men, flesh? Can you, can you think of a higher honor given to any man apart from Jesus Christ than that which was given to Job? And, and, and then if you think about that, and you think about his suffering, in light of the testimony that God gave of him, I think, wow, what an incredible honor. And then the suffering he went through only perfected him more. It sure did, yeah. But I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine if even just a hint of that, any suffering that we go through in this, in this life, even just a, a hint of that reflected the testimony that God gave of Job. Can you imagine the honor? I mean, Job obviously had no idea that God spoke of him in that way. Mm-hmm. Nor could he know. Would have changed everything uh, about the whole situation if he had known because God was being glorified in and through Job's life. Yeah. Right? And if Job would have known, it kind of would have defeated the whole thing that he went through. But but I think about that and I think, what an incredible honor. You know, and then, and then I think about the New Testament writers that talk about... Um, I think, I think it's Paul who writes, and he talks about how he wants to share in the sufferings of Christ, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you think about that, and it's just like, what an incredible honor. Whatever it is that we go through in this life, what an incredible honor to do that together with our Father yeah. in heaven. Something and, about suffering, I think, probably is still not as clear to us comfortable Christians as it should be, right? Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to suffer. No, absolutely not. I don't want to go through a hard time. Um, if, 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 if I could have my daughter's we, perfect we health, to avoid it all the time, right? sure. If I could have my daughter's perfect health today, yeah. I wouldn't hesitate for a second. Um, if I could have had her perfect health the day she was born, yeah. I would have said, yes, sign me up. Like, 
you know, there was a time in my life where I, I, I probably would have stood up and I would have said that, you know, we're going to suffer, so bring it on, right? But I don't think that way. Mm -hmm. um, if I can avoid suffering, then I, I want to avoid suffering at all costs. Of course, yeah. Right? But when I can't avoid suffering and God allows difficulties into my life, I don't want to take for granted that God is doing something greater. Take it patiently. Right? Well, I mean, just take it for what it is. Like, God works all things together for good to them who love Him and are called according to His, to his purpose. Okay, if that's the case, if I believe that, then I have to know, I have to trust that everything that God is doing in my life, be it hard or be it easy, that it all has a greater purpose. And at the end of the day, um, whatever picture he's painting, it will give glory to him. Amen. Right? And, and I count it a privilege to have him paint my picture, paint my life. Like, mm. I, I count it a privilege to have him order my life in, in the way that he chooses. Be it hard or easy, is up to him. Um, but in whatever way he chooses, because he is worthy. Mm. He's worthy of all of it. Like, I'm... You know what? I'm still living on borrowed time. Yeah. Like every day, every day that I live from the from the time that I was in that car accident, is is a gift from God. I I didn't deserve it. Yeah. My time was up, at 18 years old, as far as I was concerned, and every day thereafter, was 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 an extension from the Lord, and and therefore should be an extension to, to live for His glory. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and now you get to live as His favorite. Right. <laughs> right. Like I mean, can you imagine? I, I hate to break it to you, Dan, but I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm just telling you like it is. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. I had somebody, we had somebody over just yesterday. He said, I've, I've never heard anyone be able to captivate and hold my attention and, and teach me the way Aaron has. So it was a good compliment. Uh, just your soft spoken way, very clear. Obviously, there's an intimacy between you and God that's evident, right? And... Uh, I know you would probably feel like, well, it's not anywhere deep enough. Yes, but you're it's right. uh, you're absolutely right. It's clear. So you're absolutely right. And, 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 and you know, whoever that was, um, they must have been seeing the Holy Spirit. There you um, go. You know, I went a number of years ago. I had the privilege to go to um, one of the city churches out just on the other side of Toronto, and uh, and I was asked to speak to a youth group there. And, and I just remember going and saying to the Lord, I don't even know what to tell these people, right? Like, I'm not sure what you want me to say, and I'm not sure that I can make any difference. And, uh, and we sat through the meeting, and I sat with the youth, and we shared um, some things with them just about the Lord and His goodness. And one of the young men came up to me afterwards and, and just excited about the Lord. He started sharing with me what God was doing in his life. And I was just like, wow, this is incredible. So now I was the one being blessed, right? Coming here to share with mm -hmm. these people and encourage them. I was the one being encouraged. But the next morning he came up to me and, and, and he had his brother along with him. And he came up to me and he says, I'd like you to talk to my brother after the service this morning. And I just, and I just sat there and I said, I, I said to the Lord, I said, I have no idea. Like, what am I supposed to say to him? Like, I just don't know. What can I offer him? What can I have nothing, but Lord, I'm available. That's it, right? Like, and uh, anyway, so so his brother came up to me after the service, and uh, and he wasn't he wasn't hiding anything. He was pretty open, um, but he just said, "My brother's determined that I should come over here and talk to you after the service today," and uh, so here I am, 
Mm -hmm. I said, okay, well, I mean, hey, it's nice to meet you. My name is so-and-so, and what's your name? And um, where are you at? And I just dove right in, right? Like, where are you at with the Lord? And, uh, and he started telling me about all of the things that he was into, how heavy, uh, you know, the heavy drugs that he was into and, and everything else, gang-related and whatever else. And here's where I'm at. And he just told me plainly, like, mm. here's where I'm at, right? And I'm just like, I'm just at a loss. Like, Lord, I don't have a clue. Right? Like, I mean, I know what I want him to know, yep. but I don't know how to convey How do you get that. to that spot? But anyway, long story short, we talked for some time and we got talking about prayer. And I said, wait a minute, because he didn't believe in prayer. He didn't believe God would answer his prayer. I invited his brother over and I said, and, and, and he and I had a conversation the night before. I said, hey, can you tell me if God answers prayers? And he started going on and on and on. like, And he wouldn't stop about the things he was talking to God about and how God was answering his prayer, right? And it was just, I was enjoying this moment and, uh, you know, his brother was trying to cut him off a little bit once in a while, but he just kept going. This is what God has been doing, right? And anyway, long story short, we ended up outside in the rain. We were going out to a car to, I think, to put some things away. And then here we were standing here in the rain and, and this guy's brother was still talking. And he, mid-sentence, mid he cuts him off and he says, we can pray now. The rebellious guy said we can pray now? The rebellious guy, the guy that was lost, the guy that was only at church that morning because it was the only way his brother would give him a ride to where he wanted to go. Hmm. That was his condition. You can come with me and I'll give you a ride over there, but we're going to church first. And that was the only reason he was there. But anyway, he stops his brother and he says, we can pray now. And I just I looked at him and I said, what do you mean? He says, I'm ready. What just happened? And, and I kid you not, I have five children and I know what it's like to watch uh, a baby being brought into this life. I kid you not, it was like watching a baby being born. Mm. Right? And, <laughs> and, he, and he stood there and he said, we can pray now. And uh, I said, okay, well, go ahead. If that's what you want to do, you go ahead, right? And he did. He stood there and he gave his life to the Lord and I just stood in awe. That God granted me the privilege to observe. Mm -hmm. as he was doing this work right and and i've never talked to the individual since but but it was just that it was a transformative yeah. moment that it's in a moment sometimes right <laughs> yeah right and uh and again not sure where that thought came from except for sometimes god allows me the privilege to be a part of what he's doing or yeah or if nothing else to to be a witness to what he is doing and just, right. just just to stand in awe and to say wow wow you are so incredible lord like I'm just wow. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> right? Like that's yep. that's it. Well, where else do we go from here? I don't know. I, I mean, uh, it's probably your turn. <laughs> I've been I've been enjoying it, just sitting back and listening. But um, I know you do a lot of other things. You're helping with ministry at church. You now run a mechanic shop in Tilsonburg, which keeps you very preoccupied and busy. And you use that to minister and serve to people. What's What's the future looking like? next two three four years do you have big plans or are you just continuing day by day or yeah i think i think day by day is about all i can all i can handle um i'm a bit of a visionary i could make big plans but um but i'm learning that his ways are not my ways a lot of times when you plan it doesn't quite go the way you would have imagined eh? yeah that's why well, i mean the book of james talks about if the lord is willing we'll do such and such we'll go to this city and we'll do this or that right yeah yeah i mean i could yeah i could make all kinds of big plans but um 
just thankful to the Lord for, for His daily grace. Um, and, uh, and, and really, I don't even know, like, when you want to talk about plans, well, next week we're planning a trip to, to, to go see if we can get some medical care for our daughter, right? Um, those are my plans. Yeah. Um, we're, pl we're planning some events for our youth group and some events that the youth conference that we've been doing, um, mostly annually. I think there may have been one or two years of exception there, but um, making plans. But, but more than anything, just seeking to be faithful yeah. today, right? I don't really understand why he has me where he has me at this moment. Um, but I just want to be faithful to the things that he has in front of me day by day. I want to be faithful as a husband, right? I want yep. to be faithful in my vocation. You know, as long as I have the auto repair shop, I want to use that as, as an opportunity not to make wealth, but to, but to serve him, to make him known. Um, you know, one of the most humbling things for me as an auto repair guy is, is when a customer that, um, that I don't go to church with, but when a customer comes in to my office and says, hey, says, hey, can, can you pray for me? I'm going through something difficult, right? And and I say at that moment that this is what it's all about. Mm. If I can use that as an opportunity to bless people in the name of the Lord, then it's a mission field. It's an opportunity um, just to, to be the hands and feet of Christ. Do we do that perfectly? No. Do we do that for free? We have to charge for our services, right? I mean, if we could do that for free, I absolutely would love to do that. Mm -hmm. But but obviously we have to make a living. We have to pay our bills. Um, but just to be found faithful. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been learning quite a bit too that even just providing the service itself is also the work of the Lord. Mm -hmm. The Bible talks about how God is the one who sustains all life on earth, right? So I think it was Martin Luther talked about from the milkmaid to, I forget what other, he, he went from, from yep. the lowest to somehow up in the highest ranks of society. Anyone who is contributing to human flourishing and the betterment of society is doing the Lord's work in some way, right? Yeah. So we can even talk to secular people who don't believe they're any, doing anything for God. Yep. You are contributing to the benefit of society, maybe sometimes selfishly. But ultimately, even providing the service, you know, doing good work for mechanic type work, taking good care of people's vehicles, doing it to the best of your ability. Whatsoever your hand finds to do it, do it heartily, as unto the Lord, That's not right. as unto men. Yeah. And now you're fixing someone's car for the glory of God, right? Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to automotive repair, um, I, I consider that a privilege. We, we have an, an, an incredible community of people. That, that we get to serve in, and uh, we're really, really blessed, you know, if, if, by the people that come in that door day in and day out, and uh, just the relationships that are built there. Um, it's the community, yeah. right? And, and it's the opportunity for the community to, to come together, and, 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 and within that community, honestly, some of them are Christians, some of them are not, right? But, but it's just that opportunity, again, just to go in, in the name of the Lord and to seek to serve um, I think there there needs to be a witness. There needs to be both. There's the service of the Lord, but there also needs to be a willingness to talk about yeah, for sure. um, the gospel or the love of God, yeah. to share that with people, uh, to pray for people, right? And, and, and just to, to go beyond just the basic service of, of fixing cars. Um, but, but every part of life can be that opportunity, right? Like I, I, I tell 
or at least I try to tell our young people this all the time, that um, be it at school, be it at work, be it with their friends, it's all about Him. It's all about Christ, right? And, uh, and if we can keep that at the center or the focus of our mind, then, then we can live our lives that way successfully, Amen. right? And so, so, yeah, whatever the Lord has for us, we just want to be found faithful. I just want to be found faithful and to do that which He puts in front of me. And uh, I could ask him for all kinds of things, right? Um, and, and I do think in many ways that probably I am where I am today um, in a lot of respects due to my lack of faith. I think my faith is, is weak, um, much weaker than it ought to be because of how faithful I have seen him prove himself mm. to be. And, and yet I still shrink back. And, uh, and probably where I am today is, has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Right, and uh, I'm not saying that I'm in a bad place as far as um, I, I consider myself to be blessed yeah. on all fronts where I am today. But that's by the grace and the mercy of God. But uh, but I think about things that God, that at least that I think God would want to accomplish, and I think if if only we would trust Him more, right? If only we would rely on Him more. Um, I remember a day driving in my vehicle. Um, headed to school, automotive repair. I remember today driving in my uh, in my vehicle and turning on uh, Christian song, and Lord just speaking to my heart about something that I believed He wanted me to do. And I remember just thinking to myself, I don't know how to carry it out, and switching the song to a different one um, because I just I didn't know how to respond. And and wouldn't you know what the next song says the exact same thing, mm -hmm. not the same words, not the same lyrics, but but God says again the exact same thing. And I remember switching again to a, a third and then a fourth song. And finally turning off the power and just saying to the Lord, I just don't know how to do it. I, I get what I think you're trying to tell me to do, but, but you're going to have to do something radically different in my life. because And, and this comes back to um, caring for Rachel. Because of the limitations that I have in my life as I perceive them, I just don't know how to do what I believe you're asking me to do over here. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and and I think about those things. I think about, you know, if, if I had more faith, where would I where would I be? Yeah. Right? And I and, and I think there could be a, a, a difference there. Mm -hmm. But uh, but he is still faithful. I I I'm so grateful to the Lord that, that despite my smallness of faith, he says that faith even the size of a mustard seed will move mountains. Mm -hmm. And uh and, and despite my smallness of faith at times, he he never gives up. His faithfulness endures forever. Yeah. He doesn't change. Right? It seems to me that's been the center, the theme of your of your whole conversation here with me today is that God has been faithful to you. I mean, yeah, that's the theme of my life. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I mean, if you think about it, I, I can't say that it's that, that, that I'm faithful to the Lord, but but, but it really has. It, it is. It's the theme of my life is He is faithful. Yeah even when I am not, and it never stops. Yeah. Like, now, I would never take that for granted and say, well, you know what, I'm just going to go off now and do my own thing because God is faithful and, and I can go and live and whatever I want. Um, I, I, I want to please Him. We love Him because He first loved us. Absol so, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Right? I want to know Him more. I want to become more like Him. Um, I want to pursue Him with every ounce of strength that I have. Um, 
I don't always, and mm -hmm. it grieves me. I don't always, but he still loves me, right? And uh, yeah, amen. Amen is right. Like amen. that's it. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, amen. Thanks for sharing. Man. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And uh, you know, we could sit and have these conversations. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, we could still go on for hours here. <laughs> I'm sure easily. <laughs> <laughs>